Hi, welcome to episode 69 of Invest in You. Now, we are having another guest today. So who's on my podcast? Me, Charlie Sandval. And Frederick and from America. David Wood from Play For Real. Absolutely great. So yeah, this whole episode is all around are you playing for real? And the super great guest for that topic is David. And um, we have, of course, been Googling you, David. We've been listening to some other podcasts, uh, doing some checking. We said let's have some good questions. We'll come back to it later. Uh, I really like what you're doing in terms of spending a big chunk of your life helping others. So without me stealing your thunder, what's your short pitch when people ask you, what do you do? Well, I don't know if I'm going to get a second life. I don't know if reincarnation is true. And if this is the only one I'm going to get, I want to make the most out of it. And I've had a, a couple of wake-up calls, including a couple of paragliding accidents, and I don't know how long I've got on the planet. So I want to live as if I only have six months left. And I want that for everyone else. I want them to have that wake-up call without having a paragliding accident, without fracturing their spine and going to hospital and getting the most they can out of life. Now, for some people, it's going to be huge business success. For most people, it's also going to include deep connection with other human beings. It's going to include more self-expression, more authenticity, and more daring. And the elevator pitch, I help high-performing entrepreneurs, executives, and teams, and even prison inmates to play for real and to live a regret-free life. Yep. So we want welcome to welcome Ivan. Ivan to the podcast. Hello. Hello, Ivan. So, David. Hi. Yes. Hi, David. <laughs> right. So, David just explained how he uh, really likes to live life as if it really matters, as if it might be the last one you have. So, Ivan has been uh, moving his boundaries today, and uh, he focuses a lot on training at the moment. And they just started school again here in, they're in Sweden, and I usually uh, spend my time in London. So, without further ado, Ivan, um, I would like to give this question to you over here. Okay. What do you really mean by play for real? Digging a little deep. I, I think that life is the best game there is. Not everybody holds the viewpoint that life's a game, and that, that's okay. But I think everything we're doing is gamified. Usually, the definition of a game is over there is better than over here. So we're all trying to, to get something generally to have our life be better, and I call that a game. There's something that happens when we play where we, we can actually get into a flow state. We can laugh, we can have fun, we can really enjoy ourselves. And so many times human beings are being so serious. We think that if, if, if I don't get these extra clients in the next six months, I'm a failure. Well, we're not going to die generally. Exactly, yeah. But but we live as if it's life and death. And sometimes that's fun and sometimes it's not. When it's not, I want people to remember we're playing a game. Now, people say, David, what about, you know, my, my daughter's dying of cancer? That's not a game. I say it's a game with very high stakes. Yeah. But I don't want people to think of playing in a game just like we're frolicking through the meadows with butterflies around our, around our head and nothing matters. I say, let's play it, but let's play it for real. Let's play it as if our life depended on it, which it actually does. Yeah, can you remember, boys, what you did yesterday in the after, after school? After school. After school yesterday. 
Remind me. You went to a funeral. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Now I remember. So yesterday we went to a funeral. I and, didn't think and, of that. And, and the lady, she who passed away, uh, she was 94. And she had survived many things, including the Second World War, uh, on the inside of it. So, yeah, uh, you fit many things into your life. Good and bad, for sure. Yeah. So, where in the world do you usually work? Usually is a strong word. <laughs> I've, uh, I, I, was, I came to the U.S. and I lived in the U.S. for 15 years. I lived for three years in Bali. Yep. Recently, and then for the last two years, I've been traveling the world looking for a home base. So that was a lot of the US. I went to Colombia for six months, and I've now relocated since March. I've relocated to Boulder, Colorado. So there is no usually, but I'm hoping if you ask me two years from now, I'll be able to say usually I'm working from my office here in Boulder, Colorado. And I'll show you. Hey, do a little bit of uh, forest cam. If we look, if we look out the window here. Yeah, like nice. Oh, that's nice. nice. We also got similar trees yeah. outside. That's great. Nice. Yeah. So I'm very excited to have my new mountain home and office. Yeah. yeah. And to have a base. I'm glad to have somewhere to put my socks. Like, it's like I want to know where my socks are now. Well, I still <laughs> haven't put them in a drawer, but now I have a I have a drawer where I can put my socks. Yeah. Awesome. I used to work in the military, so uh, a home or a base for me was very much why I was repacking my rucksack. Right. If, if that makes sense. Actually, I think we might have been at the same time as you in Bali. Were you still in Bali around February 2017? No, I got here, I got here in August last year. I haven't been in Bali for very long. No, sorry, B Bali, Bali, Indonesia, Bali. Oh, two, February 2017? Yeah, I think I would have left in August. So yeah, I was I was in Ubud. So that's probably also one reason why we even have this conversation because Nora was referring to Roger Hamilton, and these yes. two youngsters they, they did iLab in two years ago in in Berlin, focusing on. Oh that. wow! I think they they probably with at least seven eight years at least or maybe ten years plus were the youngest participants ever. I bet. <laughs> yeah, they must have been eleven and thirteen yeah. at the time. Wow. And, and that was yeah, Roger. The, the plus one accompanying them. Right. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I know Roger. I've spoken at his, his startup grind there in Bali. Great. Great. An amazing entrepreneur. Yeah, and yeah. also a big, big uh, visionary uh, looking, looking into the future. And the oh, more, yeah. The more people you help, you, you take on, I mean, you can really relate to this being also both a coach and consulting in, in, in different matters. When you solve people's problems, you really accelerate your own learning. So because we've both been helping hundreds, probably many thousands of people, we got all of their shit, which means that we, we, we just double our own shit amount and problem-solving capability, hopefully. Yeah. I agree. I, I learn a lot as I coach. And sometimes I, I, have, I love having insights. It's yes. like, oh, oh, wait, that's how that works. <laughs> so I'm still learning as I discover with my clients. Yeah, and also working closely with, with, with people, you really have the insider knowledge. If you refer to like insider trading, we, we sometimes know a, a lot of things for sure on, on the inside of people's ideas and minds. We have heard you on another podcast. Uh, it was called Cashflow Ninja. We also heard a couple of other ones. And there you mentioned that you were skeptical to personal development before you tried it. Can we bring it down memory lane? And, and why were you skeptical 
before you even touched it. Yeah, so that was on, on the Cashflow Ninja with MC Lavasha. Yeah. And it's true. I was, I was raised in a, in a country town in Australia, and my parents didn't know anything about self-development, personal growth, growth. My dad was a plumber. My mother was a teacher. And self-help wasn't big in Australia back in, in the 1970s and 80s. So when I first discovered it, I had this viewpoint that self-help was for weak people. Yep. It was for people who just couldn't get their act together. They had to go and, you know, navel gaze. And fortunately, I stumbled first on a, almost a camp. The Rotary Club has something called RILA, Rotary Youth Leadership Award. Yep. And I haven't, I've done 40 interviews. I haven't spoken about this, uh, I realize. And I got to go and it was my first taste of personal development. And I got connected to people. I actually cared about people and people were caring about me, which was hard for me. I'm like, wait, I don't know how to handle this. So that was my first taste of it. And I almost begged them to let me come back as a counselor the next year. But I was the youngest person to do Ryla, and they felt I was a little bit young to come back as a counselor. And if you didn't come back the next year, you could never come back. So that was the only shot. Yeah. And I felt crushed that I didn't get to, to do that. Fast forward 10 years without any more personal growth. And a friend of mine recommended that I do the landmark forum. Actually, she recommended my wife do it yep. because I was having issues in my marriage. She said, I think your wife should do this. I thought, great, let's change her. Right, you're the problem. Good, good. That's a great idea. I'll change her. But when she told me more about the course, I thought I could use that. I haven't done anything like that. I could use finding out about who I am, what my life is about. So I went and did it and very skeptical because they're wearing, they're all wearing name tags yep. and they're smiling way too much. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Hi. How are you? I thought this can't be real. So I figured I'll get in and get out. Yeah. And, and in fact, when they tried to sign me up for the course, I think I, I resisted. I said, no, I'm not signing up right now. I'll sign up in my own time, damn it. So I went home and then signed up that night All right. online. Okay. Well done. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my, that was my skepticism of, of personal growth. And then once I got in there, they managed to crack my skepticism. They cracked my cynicism and I saw that people where it changed for me, where it all changed is people in the second course I did, people were getting up on stage and sharing their possibility. Great. They had to generate a possibility for the world. I am the possibility. Mine was play. I'm the possibility that, you know, that was back in 1996. I declared myself as a possibility of play. People are getting up and doing it and they're like different people after three days. And I heard one of the teachers whisper to the other teacher, it just makes you cry. Yeah, Doesn't it? Transformation, I mean. Well, watching this, watching people yeah. transform, yeah. And, yeah. That, and because he was whispering it, it wasn't like some spiel on stage to get me to sign up for the next course. I was like, wow, these people really care about this stuff. What? Yes. So that's, that's when a lot of things changed for me. Yeah, and I've got lots of friends, both in the UK and the other places of the world. So many people are doing more because they want and that they actually need like the money from actually working in, in this space. So it's, it's a huge difference and people can't see like, why would they do that just with like the ambition 
to help and support or whatever it might be. So yeah, what's what's your take on people in the industry? Really, the the best people who really make it out to be just pure because they feel like helping others. Huh. Well, I think that's almost a trick question because, yeah, I judge people's motives. Let's say someone's doing it like Mother Teresa, right? Purely doing it for service. Okay, I respect that. If someone's doing it purely to make money, I'm probably less likely to hang out with them. Yep. Even if they're making an impact, yes. I'm probably less likely. But if they're having an impact in the world, really, is it my business what their motivation is? Yep, true. Byron Katie is, is a great teacher of mine. And someone said to Byron Katie, don't, don't be friends with that person. They're just being friends with you for your money. And she said, how wonderful for them. <laughs> he said, I've got, an, I've got enough to deal with tracking my own business and my own motives. I don't need to track other people's motives. That's up to them. So but on the other side, let's flip it. It's great. At least they got the reason why. Many people, most people I know, they, they don't know the reason why. So exactly. yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I was, but, but I am drawn to people who, who are making an impact. I'm more and more drawn. I think I'm not having enough of an impact, which is, I can see that's funny since I've spent 20, 25 years making an impact, but I still see other people who are going to Africa and feeding children in orphanages. And I'm, and I'm here I am in a nice house, you know, with nice clothes and green smoothies and, and buying things I don't need. So I still judge myself and I'm drawn and fascinated by people who just are on massive missions yeah. to change the world. It seems like such a great game to play. And so I'm, I'm heading more and more in that direction. Yeah. There are many different ways to change the world. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sh share, share what, what you are doing and why you are doing it. Just like link to younger entrepreneurs. Well, why I do what I do. Mainly so that I can grow myself, become better. And once I'm better, I can help others to grow. So make them better. So that's basically I want to become better so I can help others become better. So that's why I'm working with stuff with dad and so on. Yeah, so yeah. that... Helping that reminds me of understand entrepreneurship, but it's, it's so so tricky to, to get it wrong. It reminds me of putting the oxygen mask on yourself first yep. on the airplane so that you're okay, and then out of any surplus you have, you can help others. Yeah, yeah. I like to link, link the oxygen to some of the reading I've done about you to what, why I also got Ivan to join us here. Would you mind to share a story about? Um, a paragliding and then and having second chances, so to speak. Because Ivan likes climbing. They both like climbing. All three of us do. You've been uh, spending some time flying above ground a bit? Yeah. I've got 100 hours as a paraglider pilot, 50 hours as a hang glider pilot. Maybe three years ago in Bali, I was flying 300 feet above the ocean and something went wrong. And, and basically my wing, which is normally stable, and holding me up was now waving about like a rag yeah. on the end of some string. And I was plummeting towards the earth and I didn't know it, but my head, I had a full collapse of my chute and I'm in total free fall. Now there are people on the cliff all watching this and they could see me plummeting, but all I knew, I didn't, didn't, didn't even have the sensation of falling because I was so focused on trying to get the, the wing reinflated. And I had the instructor on the, 
on the uh, earpiece. <laughs> okay. And he was telling me what to do, but if you can imagine free falling towards the earth from 300 feet, <laughs> I don't know that I was able to follow instructions. You don't have many seconds. Yeah. Yeah. But he said everything that he said to do, I did. Now, I think it was co coincidence, um, but I ended up reinflating the wing about 80 feet above the ocean. And now I'm flying towards a cliff. I managed to avoid the cliff, come back, and now I've got rocks and water yep. to land in, which uh, can kill you in a paraglider because the paraglider starts getting pulled by the water. And if you can't get out in time, you're going to drown. But I managed to, to get back in the lift band by the cliff and slowly eat my way back up and land back on top where I was supposed to. And I fell to my knees and I, I kissed the earth. That was absolutely crazy. What, what, what do you think when you hear the time? I guess you smile. <laughs> yeah, that must be really scary. <laughs> uh, I yeah. know Ivan sometimes is flying when he's dreaming. Uh, what's, your, what's your favorite scenery that you've had when you've been up there flying under control? Oh, uh, well, it's really amazing in Colombia. Wow. Well, there's when Colombia stepping off and seeing the mountains because we're flying in the mountains and also the Himalayas is pretty spectacular. When you go up several thousand feet and you're seeing huge snow capped mountains over here. But my favorite is when I get low because when you're up high, you've got no real frame of reference and, right. and it's, it's basically, it's, I mean, yeah, distance. But when I get down low, say on the mountains of Colombia, and I can go along and scrape the treetops yeah. safely, like I'm just like going in close and really close and getting a little bit of lift and then coming back out and hoping I get enough lift to stay up, it's incredible. Then and I posted some videos. The, the, the rainforest there or, or the mountains? Pardon? Have you been flying with the rainforest there or...? No, it wasn't rainforest. Okay, yeah, yeah. Anyway, no, but they, I posted some you, some videos on YouTube. If you search for David Wood play for real on YouTube, I posted a couple of videos with the the GoPro, mm -hmm. and you come with me yeah. as I go over. And also, where I have some scary moments too, and I don't actually know uh, <laughs> I'm going to crash or not. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely great great sidetrack because I guess when you share that you really feel that that's one of your passions that's something you really in, enjoy and uh, again coming back to the whole theme of the of the day like live the real life really is to do stuff that you enjoy um, what else do you enjoy most linked to what what we normally call work your job what do you like most about that if you just pick one one space about my job yep <laughs> I just think about a client yesterday. She's a, um, a manager at a big company and I just love her. She's so open and she's so ready to learn and she doesn't share much with people generally. Yep. So it's like she just opens up and lets me into her life and trusts me. So the privilege of being trusted by people and being able to dive in and find out ideas and we come up with things together like, oh, how about that? Yeah, and yeah. support them. And then the other thing that comes to mind is I've been going into prisons recently and, and in a few days I'm going to go into a maximum security prison again and just, just hearing their stories and their vulnerability and how they have an insight that's going to actually help their life. Even hearing one woman say, this, this will change my life. Just these two days will absolutely change my life. 
And uh, another woman said, I've been in prison for two years and I've just wanted to die. I think that's what she said. She was just miserable and didn't, wasn't looking forward to anything in life. And now she's like, I'm ready now. I'm ready to take responsibility for what I did and look at how I can live my life. And she's 25 years old. She said, how I can live my life for the next 23 years in prison. Yeah. So I get inspired by seeing yeah, other people. Eye-opening for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for perspective. Okay, next question. What would you say is your greatest strength? <laughs> I seem to be able to take thousands of data points from someone's life and their business and then pull out what's important now. Pull out systems and patterns. Notice patterns. Oh, wait, you did that. You mentioned something earlier about that. Is, is this a pattern for you? Mm. So I'm able to do that and combine this systems geek of a former consulting actuary. That was my job. I combine that with the emotional depth that I can hold space for anything that someone's going through. Yeah. Anything. They could be dying. I have someone else dying or they're going to prison or whatever it is they're going through. I can hold space for that. Yeah. So I'd say my strength is combining those, those, those two things. Yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, it's, it's really great to, to hear you share that because some people don't recognize what the strength is and, and it's okay to, to look inside. That's perfectly fine. I have a question. Our podcast name is called Invest in You. Now, there are many different ways you can invest in yourself, but what does investing in yourself mean to you? Hearing that question, I, my mind's flashing back to, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, sure, I, I went and did a degree, right? I went, and, I went and I studied heart, sweat, blood, and tears, actually, to qualify. You could say that's investing, right? Every time you do a course on Udemy or something like that, you're investing in you. Right now, I'm investing in myself by training in prisons because I want to learn, I want to get better and better, training so that's all investment but i'm more interested in the in the personal stuff it's going and sitting with a teacher who encourages encourages you to share your inner dialogue every day even the stuff that's terrifying i really think you can invest in yourself by helping others it is a great investment you can make so that's very inspiring to hear yeah that's great stuff well i i don't think i said that but i like that you've said it Yeah. Uh, that I could invest in myself by wow. investing in others. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I did say to a, a woman once who was building orphanages and she gave so much money to people. I said, I put my money in the bank. You put your money in people. That's where you store it. You store it in people. And I hadn't thought about that for myself, that I've been helping people since 1998. And I guess I'm investing in myself in a way by investing in others. Absolutely. Uh, another is, I mean, you you also been working on uh, on building a brand, and, and you're partly doing that by also being on people's podcasts, publishing, etc. I guess you also picked up some business learnings around branding. So, if I ask you about what's your top tips around branding? Like, wow. Not branding your business, but branding you, you as David, David Wood. Well, for some people, there's no difference. True. For some people, they are their, their, their business and their brand. And I'm, my branding is a little confusing right now because I'm building the brand Play For Real 
Yep. But, but it's really just me. So I'm probably going to head more towards play for real with David Wood uh, yeah. as much as I can to kind of like combine the two. Yeah. But your top tips for branding yourself. Well, I don't know if these are top tips, but what I noticed that I'm doing for myself is when I, when I have experiences that matter to me, I'm trying to share those with my audience so that they get one of my values. One of my values is, is truth and authenticity, revealing yourself. Mm-hmm. So for the last 20 years, I have tried to head in that direction of being open and honest and authentic, even the stuff that most people wouldn't share, like mm-hmm. anxiety and depression, fears and doubts and like that. So that's part of my brand. I want people to know that I'm an absolute straight shooter and that my integrity is high, but I didn't decide that. I just share myself yes. with my audience. Now, if, so, if I'm doing something that I think is really cool or that's going to be perceived as cool, I try and share that too. This prison stuff I think is amazing. Yeah. Yep. So I'm sharing that and people are really responding to that. It's a point of difference. Now that's got to be helping my personal brand and then – as uh, stories come in, success stories from my clients, I'm, I've made a point of sharing that so that people are seeing me, oh, that guy is a successful coach. He's making things happen and he's, he's already made it. Not like he's just like getting started. I think the perception is actually important that people see that you're doing great stuff already. So I haven't, I haven't thought about my personal brand before, but that's, those are my thoughts on personal brand. That sounds great. Perfect. That's a question we'd like to ask a few of our guests that, ha- that seem to have had an interesting life outside of business. So what is your coolest office, your coolest place you've worked on something? Well, I've pretended to work <laughs> for, <laughs> for a photo shoot uh, because my, my part, for a long time I, I showed people how to live a life where you can travel and work from anywhere Yep. and uh, make money while you sleep. That was, that was my thing. And so we did a photo shoot. I had to climb out along this tree branch that, that stretched out over the river and we put a hammock chair yep. under the tree branch so that I could wait out there and then sit in this with a laptop. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that was a fake office. I didn't actually work from there. But I have... It, it was it Colombia or somewhere else? No, this was in Canada. Calgary, (laughs) but that was a great photo shoot. But I have a coach from the beach and I've worked, I thought it was pretty cool working from a tree house in Thailand. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. And also doing coaching calls from a phone booth in Thailand because I was committed to doing my coaching while I traveled and, and I'd be staying there with my notes and whatever in this little phone booth in Thailand out in, out in the wilderness doing a call internationally. Yep. So I've had some I've had some pretty amazing offices. Yeah, yeah. that's a- absolutely one of the best office stories we've had. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's good. What, what I really like about you, David, is that it's you don't just have a business side; you also have a uh, in real life side where you do these amazing adventures and stuff. I really like that. Yeah. Thank you. It is an interesting life, you know, from snowboarding to paragliding to stand-up comedy to prisons to consulting actuary to to coach to motivational speaker it's yeah i didn't stay in one lane i've stayed in the coaching lane for 20 years now 
and even I try and stay in one city, it doesn't seem to work. Yeah. I just, I, I keep saying I don't like traveling. And then someone's like, hey, I'd like to do a course in New York City. What do you think about that? I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I need someone to slap me. It's like, you don't like traveling. Just enjoy your house and your, and your puppy. That's what you want. Yeah. But <laughs> not really. <laughs> I like, like, like it all. Yeah. I like the, the polarity, the blend. Yeah. I like to go and do something yeah. and then come home and enjoy my home. I, I've only been in this house for, for two weeks. So I've, I'm really happy to just hang out here. Yeah. And every now and then you need a trip so that you can enjoy coming, coming back. I think it's. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, as soon as we finish this, uh, this podcast, we will go to our summer house. And we just can't wait just to get back here again. Uh, even if the summer house is nice, this is also nice. Uh, but it's great to appreciate where you are at the moment, whatever that might be. Yeah. I'm uh, jetting between London and uh, have you been to London yet? Oh, London. Yeah. Yeah. So if you compare that to having uh, the view that you have just outside your door, those are quite different. And uh, here, yeah. same as you, I've got, I've got the, the trees uh, and the lake just outside, which is very different to London. I'm trying to get both sides of that coin. Yes. I just did a Zoom call with a friend of mine yesterday who's in Greece, yes. and she's by the, by the water in Greece. And I had a moment of jealousy Like, I want to be there because the grass is always greener, right, on the other side. And then I just caught myself and I'm like, no, I can have that same joy and excitement for Greece for where I am right now. And I did. I, tra I, I translated it to here. Great. Mm. Live in the moment. Yeah, we, we should have had a, a young, super young entrepreneur uh, last week. And she has got a great way to put it. I wrote it down yesterday to share it with you here. So usually... Asks like my grown up says like what do you want to be when you grow up? She says instead, what do you want to be now? I just like to leave that question with you to share with other people what do you want to be now. So that works in prison, in your mind, in the office, wherever you, you might be. So we, we are running short on time. Is Charlie doing something? No? Mm. No? You're nodding me? Well, of course, we can always thank you for being on the podcast. Absolutely. It's been amazing. Yeah. Uh, and also like to give people a chance to reconnect with you. Uh, what's the best place for people to find you? Of course, we'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah, thanks. If something here resonated with you in this podcast, uh, I offer discovery sessions yeah. for life and business. And I don't charge for those sessions if you qualify for the session because it's how I find the right people to work with long-term. So if you're interested in that, go to playforreal.life, L-I-F-E, playforreal.life. Click yep. on the big request a session button, and you can also subscribe to the Play For Real podcast. Yep. By the time you're listening to this, it will be launched, and you can listen to the second episode with Byron Katie and the third episode with Jack Canfield. Sounds absolutely great. Uh, we'll, of course, share with you also when this will be live. And... Uh and so on and so forth. But yeah, it has been absolutely great to have you all. And uh, until next contact. So Thank you. you. I've, en I've enjoyed this with you and particularly with Ivan and Charlie. This is the first time I've... Way more inspiring than me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Right. Thanks, guys. Uh, we we just ca carry on and see when, uh, when they might kick us out or not from Zoom because we're pretty much getting close to 40 minutes here. You surely have something to say? Well, I just wanted to wrap up. Thank you for being on the podcast, <laughs> David. 
And uh, also to the listeners who are listening or watching this podcast, thank you for tuning in. And listening. This has been episode 69 of Investing You.